Coming up on this edition of Miked Up Sports. She was a trailblazer for Park Center High School who took her talents to the Big Ten. These days, you'll find this Badger hooping it up overseas. She is Kayla McMorris, and this is Miked Up Sports. Welcome to Miked Up Sports, the show that gives people in sports an unfiltered platform to share their stories. If you want to help us tell more stories, check us out at patreon.com slash television, paypal.me slash television, or on Cash App at television. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Mike Peden, and this is Miked Up Sports, the show that takes you in-depth with the people who build our sports community. And Kayla McMorris, our guest, certainly did a lot of building at Park Center in Wisconsin, and now you're a professional overseas. So, Kayla, thanks for stopping by before you go back on the overseas road. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's to be here. So, tell us what you've been up to since you graduated from Wisconsin mm -hmm. a year and a half ago. Well, I've just been really trying to adjust to like the real world now, like, you know, not really having like a strict schedule, you know, having a coach or, you know, like a trainer on you every day is kind of hard when you still want to play, you know, the sport after college. So like just having, just having to do everything like on my own has been a huge adjustment, but I was fortunate enough to be able to go overseas. My first uh, rookie year, I went to Turkey left there mid-season and then went to Sweden where we went to the championship and we ended up taking um, silver. So it was a great experience, um, up and downs and stuff, but it was, it's been fun, had a great time. So you've spent a lot of time around this sport, but in my research, I understand you didn't pick it up until the fifth grade. Yes. What led you to try out basketball and maybe what helped you get over some of those butterflies when you were a child growing up? Mm -hmm. Well, believe it or not, I used to be a dancer. I did ballet, tap, jazz, everything you can name. Um, and I did that for a while, probably since I was like five years old. Um, but my dad grew up playing basketball and my brothers, so I just wanted to try it one day and I had some really close friends. and. Um, at elementary school that played basketball. They played like BPAA, local league, and I just wanted to try. I'm like, Dad, I want to try playing basketball. And he was like, okay, now if you try this, you got to give it all you got. So I did both um, fifth and sixth grade, I believe. And then after that, I just fell in love and decided to just stop dancing and wanted to focus everything on basketball. So. What led you to take up dancing as a first activity? I know a lot of basketball athletes, usually their mm -hmm. crossover sports are volleyball or softball or track. Uh, not many folks give dancing a try at such a yeah. young age. Yeah, um, well, I'm my mom's only daughter. So for her, she thinks she used to be a cheerleader. So she wanted me to do something similar to that. And she was like, well, let's just try dancing. And I didn't really have much say so because I'm like five years old, like, you know? <laughs> So that's kind of how that came about and it was fun but it just wasn't something I like really enjoyed and wanted to continue to do so. What did you find with the sport of basketball that attracted you to it? What did you love most that mm -hmm. led you to get rid of dancing and pick up that mm -hmm. round orange ball in fifth grade? Yeah I, I would say the competitiveness um, and just uh, I guess the nature of just 
like running up and down the court and you know putting the ball in the rim and I just thought that that was like and, and like I always wondered how can how can people do that how do you shoot something so small into a net and then I'm just like once you try it um once I tried it I ended up being pretty good at it so I was like well it's always better to do something that you're good at too you know you always have more fun doing it so are you saying you weren't a good dancer um I was okay <laughs> but <laughs> I wasn't like Beyonce or somebody. Not many but. are Beyonce. I know I don't have a chance. Right. Uh, you might have at least a passing shot, but yeah. me, uh, yeah, no. that ship sailed long ago. I was very, very mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were some other activities that you took part in outside of basketball? Um, I know my sophomore year I decided to try track. So I always end up trying stuff that my friends are doing. I never really want to do it. I'm just like, well, my friends are doing it. <laughs> you just, Let just me want to just want an excuse to hang right. out with your buddies. Yeah. So I did try it. Hated it. <laughs> that was probably the only other thing I've done outside of basketball. So. Yeah. What events did you try out for track in? I did the four by four, the 400, and I did high jump, all in one race. And doing two 400s in one race. Uh, couldn't keep doing that. I'm like, no, because we didn't have enough runners, really, or girls that were that fast to compete. So, and you were one of yeah. the fastest ones, I, even surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost. I think I almost made it to state. I was like third. I can't remember. This is so long ago, but yeah. Third in sections. In yeah, in section, section. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just didn't work out, or the. Or the thought mm -hmm. of wearing yourself out for two laps around the track compared to running 84 feet up and down the floor right. it's <laughs> just like, wasn't your cup of tea. That type of running is like you really have to love running to do track. And basketball is different because there's like you're playing defense, you're shooting, you're doing layups, you know, all different types of stuff incorporated. But track is just running. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, this is not for me. You yeah. get tired of running around in circles right. is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> So in the sport of basketball, I read, you know, your father was a big influence. So how did he help mentor mm -hmm. you as you were making your way up through the traveling ranks and eventually into the high school mm -hmm. ranks? Whew. Man, I have so much love for that man. Like he's been there for everything. Like once I wanted to start it, he was my first coach. In fifth grade, we were called the Pink Panthers. Um, sixth grade. <laughs> Was, Did you have the theme song? Like, was that your starting um, lineup? No, you had no. that? <laughs> no. Oh, you missed an opportunity. I know, right? Yeah, that would have been So funny. you were saying sixth grade, yeah, you were on um, team? He's always been a part of my basketball life. Like, um, just as far as not only being a coach, but training me and helping me kind of, you know, get to the level that, you know, to be able to play at the next level, go Division I. Um, I know there is, like, I went through a rough patch with basketball. This was, like, sixth grade or seventh grade before I joined North Tartan we had we were called like the Thunder we beat them um this they, I think they're under Farview at the time this is like Tanoa and Kanisha's team and all oh yeah of Farview yeah. they've all yeah. the recruits all the players right. they've uh, right Mia Holly Andrea Adams mm -hmm. were part of that team yeah so. some really good yep. girls so, so like we had beat them one time in a tournament and um I know after that we probably played them again. They killed us, but <laughs> it was just like that kind of is real. I really, real where I really decided I really loved it because like it was such a fun like competitiveness to play against girls that are like 
really known in the state and being able to, you know, play with them. That's when I really learned, like, hey, I could do this and all this stuff. So then after that, I joined them, and then I didn't play much. My first year, I wanted to quit, and my dad's like, no. Like, I remember after one tournament, I, like, sucked, like, completely sucked. He took me to the gym. He's like, we're going to cut up some shots, like, just to kind of keep my confidence going, you know? So, like, he's always been a part of me from that aspect, like, just helping me through that and kind of getting me to that next level and always pushing me, so... Well, Kayla, even in what you would call the sucky stage, I don't think mm -hmm. even at your worst, yeah. you would still be light years ahead of me. I recall <laughs> we had the conversation and you were on the floor laughing when I mm -hmm. told you about a time I played pickup in college. Mm -hmm. And that was enough to send you <laughs> and your North Tartan teammate, Tia Alberts, yeah. to the floor. We were covering a Lynx game. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, I love to make people laugh sometimes at my expense. Yeah. Now. I imagine you watched a lot of basketball growing up as well. Mm -hmm. Who were the players or teams that you idolized as mm -hmm. a young basketball prodigy? Um, my favorite player growing up was Candace Parker. When she was at Tennessee, I just enjoyed everything about her because she was, I would say she was, she could play like one through five, to be honest. And, and she I was still like, does. Definitely. You've seen her with the Sparks. Right. <laughs> she and can. Yeah. So um, I know in Park Center, I played like the four, sometimes five. And then I always knew like once I went to college, I would end up having to play a wing. So I was like, I kind of admired her for that because like she could play multiple positions and that's always attractive to coaches. Like you want someone that can do almost everything. So that's kind of where I tried to mimic my game after her. Um, I've always been a Maya Moore fan. So I watched UConn a lot when she was there and um, Tiffany Hayes and all of them. So those are kind of, I know it's like everyone else's favorite two teams to watch, you know, hey. growing up, but <laughs> they've had some great players to play there. So I've they, enjoyed it. They give you plenty of reasons to cheer for them. So right. <laughs> what do you think about UConn and Tennessee renewing their rivalry? Um, I think that would be great to see. Yeah. Because I have to imagine growing up and seeing them play, can't remember when they ended it. Ended but it, yeah, right. Was it, I think it was, after Pats or before she passed? It was. I think Pat Summit was still there, but mm -hmm. it was after the whole Maya Moore recruitment. Oh, okay. But for you, being a Candace Parker fan and a Maya Moore fan, when mm -hmm. UConn and Tennessee met yeah. you know, when you were growing up, who did you root for? I rooted for individually. Like, <laughs> not, I didn't really care who won. Uh, Maya Moore scored, yay. Uh, Candace Parker scored, cheered for her too. <laughs> Some friends have told me in that situation they'll cheer for the team that's trailing because right. they always <laughs> want the underdog, right? Yeah. <laughs> so at least you can't go wrong. It's like, all right, come right. back, come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, that North Tartan team, you join them, and I'm thinking mm -hmm. of that line if you can't beat them, join them, although right. you did beat them. <laughs> But that team, when you got to be a senior, that was a pretty loaded group. I kind of mm -hmm. wonder if they ever got together, how fun that would be, because you were on that team. Tia yeah. Albert, Alexis Alexander, Tanoa Wade. Mm -hmm. I think Kanisha Bell was on that group. She was, and yeah. then Chase Coley came in there for a year. Mm -hmm. How fun was that to have all of that talent right. and just about all of them went D1? Right. To come together. I know you mm -hmm. had a reunion last year, and mm -hmm. I imagine even though you played against each other in high school, there right. were a lot of fun memories just being with such a distinguished group. Exactly. Yeah, um, I think just aside from like the basketball aspect, we were so close, like off the court. Like we would go almost everywhere together. Um, we really definitely built a sisterhood. Um, me and those girls, like I love them, like they're my own sisters and I don't have any sisters. So that's always great. But um, yeah, 
a lot of people wanted us to kind of go to the same school. I know Tia and Kenesha were at Marquette mm -hmm. their first year. And um, I think it would have been great if we all could have like potentially stayed at home and all went to the mm -hmm. same school. But you know, our paths are different lives. Right. Things you know, Chase went to Iowa, stuff, right? Alexis went to South Dakota, exactly. but I would have paid. I would have paid to see all of you right. guys uh, <laughs> hoop it up together. Right. And I think everyone was um, happy with their decisions at the end of the day. So it was just nice to be able to play against some of them. Like I played against Kenesha. Uh, That's right. She moved she, to Minnesota. Right. And I played against her. And Marquette, she was Marquette right. the in-state rivalry. Right. Um, and you got to play against Chase. Yeah, I played against Tio. She ended up going to Indiana. Chase. Um, yeah, so I mean, just on the court, we might be rivalries, but off the court, we're like sisters. So it's always been great. And I guess another fascinating thing about that sisterhood you had mm -hmm. a lot of different characters and it's not that it's not like you clashed because you all got along but right. you know Tia would tell me she would trash talk opponents because at 5-5 five, five, you know <laughs> not many folks were going to give her much respect so yeah if she said if she scored 40 points you were going to hear about it Chase was more low-key and Chase mm -hmm. once told me how Tia would get on her nerves because then uh, opposing post players would try to take their anger out on Chase because yeah. T was riding up. <laughs> what were some of those characters or dynamics mm -hmm. like, and mm -hmm. how did you blend into that North Tartan team? Yeah, um, I mean, we all have different personalities, and I think that's on any team. Like, you might not, like, bond with someone right away, but once, like, you start to being around that person or something, you start to click, and depending on just, it doesn't even matter what, like, type of person they are. They could be completely different from you, and that's just how we were, like, I was probably quiet at first when I first got there, but once I started like getting to know them, like you start to warm up. So, and they've always like welcomed me with like open arms and vice versa. So, that's kind of how those things started. And yes, Tia was probably the one that talked the most <laughs> um, on the court. Kanisha would too sometimes, but. I think all of us would at some point, but I mean. So you engage in some smack talk of too? Of course. I mean, if someone else is talking to you, you might say something back, or if you know, you just killing them, you might just be like, yeah, you know. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's nothing like personal or anything. But it's just oh, of course fun. not. Yeah. But uh, I know, yeah. like Tia definitely has that personality. That, right. You know, she'll she'll get in your face if she's feeling it. But mm -hmm. everyone else, you know, I wasn't sure. Right. So I, guess I mean, we did, all would have our moments a, here and there. Like right, you know, you we're just spark. in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I can I can relate to that. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your favorite memory from the AAU circuit? Uh, because mm. I think outside Chase came with you or joined you in that last season, but mm -hmm. you know you treated her like she was part of your squad for years. But right. I mm -hmm. mean, your group stuck together, and I have to imagine, as you said, mm -hmm. it's a sisterhood. What were some favorite moments from that sisterhood? Oh, wow, that's a great question. I feel like I'm like 30 years old. <laughs> so long ago. Um, I would say this is probably bef this was before Chase came, but I know we won Nike Nationals in mm -hmm. Florida, or not Nike Nationals. Sorry, we won Nationals in Florida. This was, you know, like the ESPN. Yeah, you know, like the, where the their facility is, right? Yeah, we facility. won that. Oh, was that seventh grade, eighth grade? One of those grades, but <laughs> that was great. A great time for us because there was points and times where. We were so good, but we weren't winning as much, you know, like we had all the talent in the world. It's just sometimes it's kind of hard to get that talent to kind of just do what it's supposed mm -hmm. to and win, you know. So that was a great point for us. I know 
um, not our last year, but our second to last year, like 11th or 10th grade. And Nike Nationals, we did pretty good. We almost made it to the championship, but we lost. We played some really good girls. Like, um, we played against Tennessee Flight. I know one time they had, uh, godly, what was her name? They, I don't know, but they had girls that went to like ten, the University of Tennessee, um, Stanford, all those places. So we've played against some great competition. Just b being able to, you know, compete with them and stuff has always been fun. Then off the court, there are so many times I can't, can't even tell you one. We just always had a great time, just dancing and goofing off, talking stuff about each other. Like <laughs> what? Talking eating, stuff? Of course, you know. We just had a, a lot of fun times. Are you saying there were rivalries that were brewing among you guys? No, not like, <laughs> you know, just fun times, just jokes and stuff like that. It's just how we are. We always joke and laugh. Would Tia always lead the dances? Um, pretty much. Her and Kenisha were the ones that loved to dance, and Tanoa would dance a lot. And I would try, but I can't really dance, so I was like, I Well, that's right, because you would quit dancing right. all this years ago. You're like... <laughs> I can do you certain kinds of dances, like right. ballet and stuff. I can't really. Oh well, yeah. I see. That's where you, I mean, you should have used own that. I, I bet you, like, I know Tia can do some of those more hip hop. Er, you're right, urban style dances. Yeah. But you should have challenged him to ballet. You would have wiped the floor. Probably one, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You should have yeah. capitalized on those advantages, Kalo. You missed out. I know, <laughs> right? Uh, but you talked about the growth with North Tartan and just kind of making a winner out of that program. Mm -hmm. It took a while for you to do that with Park Center. So do you remember when you first joined the Pirates and mm -hmm. what that was like? Of course, we know what happened in the end. You right. ended your high school career with a state title, but mm -hmm. getting to that point required a lot of perseverance. Right, uh, man. So I started, I've always played Park Center traveling from sixth grade to like eighth grade. Eighth grade, I did traveling and I played freshman or yeah, on the freshman team for Park Center. Um, then there was a point where I was I wanted to transfer uh, and do what everybody else did. Like we've had a lot of good girls that live near Park Center, but end up going to like what Hopkins, Hopkins and other schools. De La that are, exactly. So I kind of wanted to jump on that wave, but then I'm like, why do that? Like I don't want to have to travel far just to go to high school when my high school is right up the street. Like. So um, I decided to stay. Sophomore year, I ended up making um, varsity. I mean, my freshman year, I started varsity, and then up until I graduated. And then um, my sophomore year, I want to say no, my freshman year to like my senior year, we've always played De La Salle to go to state. Lost right. to them. This is when Tyshana and Elena Starr were on the team. And Park Center was in 3A at the exactly, time. Exactly, and we were 3A. Um, lost to them every year from my freshman year up until my junior year, up until they graduated. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and the tables right. turned. Exactly. I remember that. Right, and then um, I just feel like why leave when you can try to build your own dynasty at your at your homegrown school, you know, like why do what everybody else does and leave and try to build and try to build a championship somewhere else and you could have had that in your local community, you know? And I think that's what really helped build our community too, because and especially for girls basketball, because at the time our boys were pretty good. They had like mm -hmm. Quentin and Quentin Hooker. Hooker, right. Um, and I think they got back to state a couple of times since that era. So yeah. they've they've always right. been in the mix. Right. And then so at the time like our basketball was really like pop it like we were like mm -hmm. really good and then just to have like um 
the girls finally win, you know, and make it to state and then win state was something that was like kind of just was like a shocker not really a shocker but like well it was a, a great shocker thing. triple I know, overtime right the game was a shocker but like people knew like how good we were at the time like even though we had like i had no four idea. freshmen <laughs> I starting I tease, I tease. Right. <laughs> so um that was just a great it built up our community i know my um mom started these shirts i was gonna wear my shirt today but it was in the laundry <laughs> and it's you'll said, wear like, it when you go to germany right right it said like <laughs> parks and pirates we go next that meant like it's like it's our turn to kind of do what we're supposed to do, you know. And it definitely so was, was, yes. Yeah. But before <laughs> that moment, you had to endure a lot of frustrations. I imagine mm -hmm. to go th three years in a row and get knocked out by De La Salle in the section round. I'm guessing were they all section finals? Yeah. All so to go finals. through that same path, the same, you know, the, the same ending three times over. Mm -hmm. How infuriating is that for someone like you? You're trying to build this dynasty, this legacy, exactly. and you keep running into that De La Salle bandwagon that, right. that with Faith Johnson-Patterson and, as you said, Shauna group. Johnson, Lena Starr, right. Maya Lloyd, I think, was there for a couple of years, too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely frustrating, you know, to kind of keep hitting that same block over and over again. You're just like, oh, I can't knock it down. But... Um, that kind of just gave me more motivation to like keep pushing, keep working hard. So like in the off season, I was in the gym, you know, AAU kind of took my frustrations out during those games. Like, oh, I want to win state, does, like, you know. Does, would you, did you go up against some of those De La Salle folks in AAU or um, not really? No. Because oh, they, they were played, up. yeah. They were great up. And they played but, on the same team. Right? But your competition, I have to imagine. <laughs> yeah. You did not, the rest of your AAU competition did not want to face Right. An angry Caleb and Morris. <laughs> right, I could so see I mean, you. <laughs> I mean, of course, I was at the time focused on the the RAU team and winning there, but I'm just like, kind of couldn't wait for high school to start too some days. Um, so just that just gave me more motivation to want to keep pushing and make it to the big stage, the big dance, you know. And I was so thankful to be able to do that. And. You lead right into my next question. Mm -hmm. Senior year comes. Mm -hmm. Yes, the De La Salle stars of Lena Starr and Shonda Johnson had graduated, but you still had to get that W. As you know, nothing's a given when you get to a single elimination playoff. Right. How relieving was it to finally capture a section title against the school that had sent you home three years straight? I mean, it felt amazing. Like, it was just like a huge sigh of relief. Like. I'm pretty sure I cried after the game, like, cause you know, it's just like, you finally made it basically. I know we didn't, we didn't like, we still had three more games to play, you know, to, in order to win the championship. But that was just a big, like, uh, milestone to me. Like, cause we've been losing to De La Salle every year since I've been there. Playing and you've varsity. never been to state before. And I've never been to state ever. So like to be able to experience, I've always went to the state games, like, oh, I can't wait to be here. Like one day I would always watch the teams and be like, that should be us out there, you know? And then we finally got the chance to do it. It was just like a dream come true. So you finally get the chance to do it. How mm -hmm. nerve wracking was it to play at the Target Center and Williams mm -hmm. Arena? Because mm -hmm. again, Park Center, had never been there before, and the state tournament experience can be overwhelming for first-time schools. Right. It wasn't or it didn't do enough to derail your state title. We know that. But mm -hmm. how did you handle all of those yeah. emotions of going to state and being the center of attention for mm -hmm. that week? Well, that's interesting that you brought that up because 
there was a time after we won sections to go to state, they were debating on us getting the number one seed. So um, that means that we wouldn't have, if we didn't get the number one seed or the last seed, we wouldn't have played at the Target Center. So I was like, wow, I'm gonna get to state and not even play at the Target Center. You know, like that's something you want to do because that's where the or the Timberwolves play and the Lynx play. You know, like you want to play there. So I was like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> but then um, I remember my coach called me. He's like, Kayla, we got the number one seed. I'm like, yes. Like I was so happy. And then um, we we got there, played our first game against. Simley? Uh, Simley. I almost said Simeon. Simley, yep. Simley. Um, and at one point, you would have thought we were going to lose that game because we were down by like a good amount, like 10 or 15 at one point, going into like halftime. And I could just, I remember looking at my mom and my dad, and they're just like, like, what's going on? <laughs> but we were always that team that like, we always came alive early in the second half. So. Like, once me and, like, basically me and Michaela, they called us, like, the dynamic duo. Once we got going, it was like, okay, no, there's no backing down. So just being able to win that game and then um, our next game against Chase, that was a nerve-wracking. Or, yeah, Washburn, yeah. That was but, a nerve-wracking right, it was game. against mm-hmm. Chase Col- and mm-hmm. it was their first time right. in a long time. right. And, and Chase is like LeBron. So like, right, Chase had that fantastic that senior she season. She definitely I mean, balled out. A lot yeah. of folks said she really grew between mm-hmm. junior and senior year, and you right. saw that. And yeah. I remember I covered her because she set the blocks record that mm-hmm. is still like, intact, by the way. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. That was a battle. And that I was rem- definitely a battle. And I remember for mm-hmm. me, because I gotten to know the Park Center team a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michaela's mother and I were friends. Mm-hmm. And I got to know Chase and her dad yeah. covering Washburn. And it was hard for <laughs> me, even as a reporter, because it's like I'm watching two sets of friends fight and only one's going to get to win. Right, so yeah. I, like, <laughs> yeah uh, so. I, I felt terrible for whoever's going to be sent home because you mm-hmm. balled out. So mm-hmm. going up against Chase and Washburn, that semifinal, right. what was that like? Yeah, that was a tough game like <laughs> I mean they were a good team but you know Chase was like obviously she was the best player on the team so we kind of debated on who was going to guard her like I think almost everybody guarded her on the team <laughs> you, you pretty much it was a tough she's six, three, six, four. exactly so like and I remember like they were calling the fouls so tight that tournament and I'm like I'm pretty sure I fouled out of that game too I know I fouled out of the state we, we, the we final all know game, right? we all know yeah so that was tough. I know I was in foul trouble, and then that's when Chase really started going, getting off and stuff like that. So that game was just like, it was us kind of going back and forth. Like, our team, then it was Chase. <laughs> us against Chase is kind of what it was. And then um, this, the final championship game, that was like the most nerve-wracking game of my life I've ever played in. Just not even the fact that I had to watch it. I mean, That's right. You had right. to watch all three overtimes. <laughs> all three overtimes from you, the bench. I right. asked you about having to sit there. Yeah. And I imagine if right. you thought you were on pins and needles before. Exactly. You, I'm surprised you didn't get any gray hairs from exactly. <laughs> those 12 excruciating mm-hmm. minutes and knowing you can't go out there to help out. Exactly. And I'm just like, I tried to stay as calm as I could because my team was so young. Like, yeah, I think me, McKenna, freshmen. and Hannah where I was the only senior on the team. Mm-hmm. McKenna and Hannah were the only juniors at the time. So the rest of them were like freshmen. Yeah, Faye, Ayobama Dilly, yeah. Michaela, uh, Danielle Schaub, exactly. and Ann, and Yes, and Ann took over that game. So, and Faye, all of them did good. Yeah, so Michaela, like, I think, got the go-ahead in that third overtime. Right. I think it was an and one, if I remember. Yes, yep. So 
just watching them, I'm like, oh my God, I was just like, like me, I think McKenna found out too, we were just holding That's each other. That's right, the, right, the two seniors right. and you know, like, had to be spectators, right. and I'm thinking, well, mm -hmm. that like, I wasn't saying, oh, Park Center's done, but mm -hmm. it's like, now you're gonna have to put your faith in these freshmen. Exactly, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people thought that, like, well, oh, it's over with, right. Right, or you're just like, oh, Park Center's in trouble because mm -hmm. you're, you're two big names, you know, the school leader in points is out, exactly. McKenna's out, and you have these four freshmen, I think most of them had played their first year in varsity, you're like, how's this gonna go? Exactly. Yeah, so oh, that was tough. Did we were we in for a surprise? Right, and like I know when I fouled out, I couldn't even cry because I'm like the game's not over yet. Like we still have time. The, luckily, the girl I and fouled I think, missed yeah. the two free throws. And wasn't so. it wasn't it Shab who got like the game tying bucket in the first and second, or I think yes, in regulation yes, second yes. overtime? Yep, yeah. I so Shab was the hero twice. Exactly, and I just. I was sitting there, I was like feeling like a proud mom. Like, and I remember as soon as that buzzard rang, I just ran out there, just jumped on everyone, cried. Oh, that was like the best feeling. It was, and yeah. I remember we spoke afterward and you told me you felt mm -hmm. really awkward. Like, yeah. You were like, I was really bad at that interview. And I'm like, no, you're fine. And Because <laughs> my nerves were so well, bad. And I'm and just I wanted like, to I bring this no up interview. too, because uh, Blake Griffin, he was on Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show recently. And mm -hmm. he spoke about how awkward and how weird it is for players. You know, you're going out there, you're exercising basically for two hours nonstop, right. having to do all the strategy. You had three overtimes and now you have maybe 10 minutes to cool off. Exactly. And then you've got to deal with reporters. Interviews and, yeah, and <laughs> sign autographs and put it like, you know, continue to be happy like after the game. Continue to be happy. I mean like if you lose though, you know, it's like, Oh, man, like, okay, I um, do not want to imagine right. what it, if, if you if had you lost, lost that game. And you would still get the same amount of like attention, you know what I'm right. trying to say? Right, but like, you've got to deal right. with all of this, and it's not to say you guys aren't media-phobic, but right. it is a really odd experience, and mm -hmm. you, have to, you have to understand that these players yeah. you know, have to compose themselves and try to think about the game they just and played. accordingly, right. Mm -hmm. um, I should point out for the historians, Washburn didn't make state the year before. They lost to New Richland in the semifinals. That was Carly Wagner's senior year mm -hmm. as a member of the Panthers. So I don't want historians or those mm -hmm. buffs to come after me and write in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> so I should point that out. Yeah. But the freshmen, we've been talking about them. Mm -hmm. You know, those first three years, you got a taste. You were right there and De La Salle shut the door. That next year, you mm -hmm. got that infusion of those freshmen. Michaela Hayes, who is now playing D1 basketball. Mm -hmm. Faye Ayobamadilly decided to focus on track, but she was one heck of a beast on defense. Definitely. With that speed of hers. And Simonette, three-point range. And Daniel Schaub, just that gritty mm -hmm. toughness. I guess kind of like a Tia Albert. Not the tallest figure on the floor, but right. she didn't play like it. Right. How did they make a difference in changing Park Center's culture? Mm -hmm. um, I think just their ability to adapt to like adversity to me. Like, um, cause when you're starting as a freshman, you have so much, you have to, you feel like you have to prove yourself, you know? Cause I, I've told them when I was playing with them, like I was once in your shoes, like don't feel like because like you might not be the best player on the team or you might not be the fastest, the, the best defender or anything like that. There's always gonna be something that you're good at though. Try to focus on that and try to bring that every time to the table, you know, every time to the game. So that's kind of like, they were one of the most like observing and most, they listened well too. Like they took in information or they were easy to talk to. So kind of just going off that, I think that's what led them to like, just to like um, 
me, I've always like kind of set the bar high too for them, like because I was a captain and I was the oldest on the team, so I kind of had to be like um, teach by example, you know, lead by example too. So like them being able to see that is kind of what brought the next championships that came along mm -hmm. too. I feel they like beat just Marshall being there, right, being there <laughs> the once and having that feeling, being able to do that year. again, right. So I think that's what really kind of helped build the culture and the fact that they all decided to stay too was great, so. And even when they moved up to 4A, they won section for a few years. Mm -hmm. Of course, 4A is a lot tougher because you've got to go up against the likes of Hopkins and Eastview and right. the big names. But I'd say that state title really put a spotlight on this program. Exactly. And you, know, you were solid, we, we know that, but mm -hmm. winning that first one, you know, even though it's been a few years since they've won a state title, mm -hmm. they've been a competitive team year in and year out. You know, right. with that freshman, the group of freshmen that became seniors, mm -hmm. they you know, helped Park Center win sections in right. 3 and 4A. And now, I don't know how much you follow the prep scene, but mm -hmm. Adalia McKenzie, Tanae Griffin yep. have taken that mantle as the next generation of mm -hmm. Pirates players. So yep. I, I don't know how much you like it people tooting your horn, but you started a movement at Park Center. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and speaking of that movement, you did a lot of moving in terms of your floor work, because as we noted earlier, you still hold the school record in scoring. Mm -hmm. How did you develop your game as a prep player to give yourself all those opportunities to put up points? Mm -hmm. Just, you know, staying committed and staying in the gym. Like, there's times you're gonna have to sacrifice hanging with friends or, you know, doing things that you really, really, really wanna do. But if you really love the sport that you play, you have to be willing to make those sacrifices. So there's times where I could've went out to the movies or hung out with, go to the mall and stuff like that. But instead, I decided to just, you know, go to the gym. Um, and I'm thankful enough that I had my dad in my life to be able to push me too and you know be that you know kind of factor for me so um, I would say like you got to put in if you want to see results on the floor you got to be able to put in the work off the court so a lot of things that I was able to accomplish weren't given to me I had to work for them so that would be a word of advice too to other people <laughs> like not everything's going to be handed to you and you got to be able to put the work in to accomplish the things that you want most. Right, and you spoke about how your father introduced you to the game of basketball. How mm -hmm. has that relationship, you know, as father and mentor, how has that mm -hmm. evolved over time? You know, of course, you're now you're both adults, but mm -hmm. you know, I still see him tweeting support every time you get a new overseas contract or right. another, you know, birthdays or big, you mm -hmm. know, big things in your life. Right. How has that evolved over time, and how would you say the relationship with you and your father in the sport of basketball, how has mm -hmm. that grown? Um, it's definitely kind of, it's always been there once, um, ever since I've been playing basketball, obviously. Um, I know like once I went off to college, you know, you kind of, the distance can be a factor, you know, like as far as not always him being there at the gym with me all the time, you know, like I'm kind of having to like do things on my own more, you know, like work out on my own or work out with a coach or something like that. So he's, but he's always, um been a support, a big support in my life. Like he's, he'll come to a lot of games. I know there's times he drove down for a game the day of, drove right back after the game. In college? Or? Yeah, in college. So like, I mean, the drive is only four hours, but you know, like right. working Madison, the that, next day, right? Oh, it, so, it's, it's not that right. far, but yeah, that's a lot. And I right. think, you know, 
both he and your mother, I, mm -hmm. I understand, they came out to Turkey to support you yeah, this past they did. winter. Yep, so they even came to Turkey to a game. They would have came to Sweden, but I was only supposed to be there a few months, but we ended up, kept, we still kept winning, so. <laughs> That's the price you pay for winning. Right. <laughs> but um, Germany, they plan on coming, so that would be nice. Um, yeah, I think that just speaks volumes to how much they love me and how much I love them and how much support they've given me, so it's been great. Well, props mm -hmm. to them for continuing to support you and willing to travel mm -hmm. halfway across the globe right. to watch you get buckets. <laughs> right. I, think, I think I remember you even went by the nickname McBuckets oh, for yeah. a time that on social media. was one of my friends in high school. He gave me that name. <laughs> Want to well, like you the were, football. I mean, you got players. buckets all the time. It, it just, it roll, it, it, it's a perfect, seamless, rolls off the tongue. Yeah, thanks. You I think they also call Kayla McBride that. They, just the Mick, you know. That's, our name is Has anyone so called you Kayla McBride by mistake? Yes. You want to know what's crazy? My coach from college, Coach Sip. Jonathan Sip. Yes, because he coached her at Notre Dame. He was an assistant. So he was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so he was the one who called you McBride? Yeah, or? he called me Kayla McBride one time. Oh, and man. I'm like, that happened. I mean, that that's great. She's a great oh, player. So oh, yeah. I'll mean, be her for the day, you know. But, yeah, so I've been called that before. Uh, so after you won the state title, do you remember mm -hmm. what the mood, the emotions were like? Because I know, you know, you mm -hmm. got quite a bit of coverage from CCX. It used to be Channel 12. So mm -hmm. do you remember just the pandemonium and just that? euphoria that followed after you ran out of the yeah. court, got those gold medals? Yeah, um, man, it just felt like being on a cloud, like literally the next week at school. Like, it didn't even feel like I had to go to class. Like, I literally felt like we could, we could have done anything we wanted to do, like go to school and just like not even go to class. Like, that's how much of like a, an accomplishment it was to the school. So, um, and I know we had like a pep rally. They, Host ended up hosting a pep rally for us just for us to tell to congratulate us and I know I had to give a speech I was so nervous but <laughs> do you remember just, what you had to do you remember what you said in that speech I know I just thanked them and I was I think I cried a little bit and I was just like we've been wanting this forever like people like talk down in Park Center all the time like oh like you guys aren't good at football, basketball, anything, you know, and it was just great to find Not anymore. Right. And I'm just like, <laughs> they can't say that anymore. And everybody was just cheering and was just like, you know, happy for us. So that was a great, a great, great time. Yeah. Do you remember when you got your first college offer? As you spoke about your college mm -hmm. coach, Jonathan Sippis, we, we know you went to Wisconsin, but do you right. remember the first call or the first letter you got from mm -hmm. a D1 school asking you to come play? Mm -hmm. I don't remember the first letter, but I remember my first offer and it was from Creighton my freshman year. They were like really on me. Like, cause I know I went to a camp, me and Alexis Alexander, went to a camp there. Um, and after that, like they had offered me my freshman year and then they were like, yeah, my first op one of my first offers. So I don't remember them. Definitely. How many schools altogether gave you an official offer? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. You were getting um, flooded with letters though for yes. like three years? Like boxes of letters. Like, yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's still, I still have those letters just as a memory, you know. Um, I can't remember the exact amount of offers though, but yeah. What led you to go to Wisconsin? Because it's a D1 school, 
and at the same time, I guess in a way it's similar to Park Center where you know you were maybe trying to approach it, giving yeah. that school some history. Wisconsin mm -hmm. and women's basketball doesn't have the richest of histories, but right. hey, you're, you're still D1. Right. What led you to cross the border? Mm -hmm. Well, I know that I kind of wanted to experience like life out of Minnesota because that's all I'm used to, you know, and I wanted to kind of get out of my comfort zone and go somewhere with like all new people, faces and a new place, new atmosphere. So that's kind of what led me to Wisconsin. Um, Coach Bobby Kelsey was there at the time. She mm -hmm. was like, just me and her clicked, like not even just from a coach and player aspect, just like almost like a second mother to me. Um, she was very welcoming. And at the time, I know she had all women on her staff. And I thought that was interesting because I've always been coached by men. So I was like, I wondered mm -hmm. what it would be like to be coached by a woman that's actually played and, you know, stuff like that. So that was nice. And then she ended up leaving and Coach Sip came in and he kind of just took us under his wing. And he knew kind of what to expect coming in. Um, he knew we'd have to do a lot. because like we didn't have a lot of pieces, a lot of injuries since I've been there. Um, and just I had a great time um, with him as my coach, too. And. Yeah, so that's kind of what led me to go there. And then I know, like, we didn't really have the outcome I wanted, but, like, I was able to, like, build relationships with a diverse group of people. Like, just I still talk to a lot of people from Wisconsin that I probably thought I wouldn't, you know, still have oh, yeah. relationships with, even the staff. Like, I know today I messaged our old director of communications, and she's just super supportive. We talked about like job opportunities and stuff like that. So like that just shows like I can always rely on the people that were there. So that was great for me. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a point a lot of fans miss. Mm -hmm. Fans of the sport, they focus so much on, on records mm -hmm. and titles and you know how many NCAA tournaments did you make? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, how many conference titles? Yeah. But you know, I covered Minnesota for a few years at the college level, and they mm -hmm. kind of went through that as well. Yeah. It was, I think, Pam Borton's last few years, so they were on a decline, mm -hmm. and then kind of they've been going through a transition for a while. But even if you were on a team that lost every game, thankfully yeah. that didn't happen to right. you. <laughs> like you said, the relationships and the memories and the connections you build, they last with you forever. Exactly. And mm -hmm. over time, when I would see the alumni come back at Minnesota games, mm -hmm. no one ever brings up the records or where they finished in the conference. Right. It's more, hey, you know, they got to be a part of something, right. and I have to imagine right. you had several of those memories at Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And on that note, even if the records didn't suggest it, what were some of your favorite memories from mm -hmm. your time as a Badger? Um, I would say just being able to, I guess, I probably sound repetitive, but just being able to build like sisterhoods and relationships with the people I met, um, going to like football games, cause Wisconsin football is really big there. The jumper, we're known for like the jump, jump around, around. Camp Randall. And, right, Camp Randall. I think Randall. the Green Bay Packers have tried to adopt it. Uh, probably, yeah. It's a Wisconsin mm -hmm. thing and like, their football following is huge. Exactly. And, uh, your teammate's older brother, your former teammate's older brother, Suzanne Gilreath, her oh, brother yep. David. has a record, yep. Went mm -hmm. to Wisconsin and mm -hmm. got that uh, kick six against exactly. Ohio State. Exactly, yeah. And I don't know if you remember Tessa Sitchi. Yes, yep, her from brother Hill Murray. Played there. And uh, Carmen Backus is there now. Yep. 
I know Cassie Rochelle went there. Mm -hmm. So there have been a few folks. I think exactly. Taylor Wirtz, was she another Minnesota kid? No, Maybe she's from Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. But there have been a few Minnesota kids to uh, cross to into there. the border. Exactly. So it's not like, you know, not, not known for us to go across there. But I know Minnesota and Wisconsin are big rivals. Right. Like the X thing. But yep. And battle of the border, well, yeah. It was a running joke for years that mm -hmm. it's not a rivalry if it's one-sided because for 15 years, Wisconsin, Wisconsin kept always... winning and winning until last fall. Exactly. I remember I was covering the Thanksgiving tip-off at Hamlin, and then I mm -hmm. get a ping or an ESPN message saying, Minnesota won the X, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Right, yeah. That was, yeah, <laughs> probably not day so, like, to be a match. <laughs> I was going to say, probably not so great a moment for you, right. but for but Minnesota. But for Minnesota, yeah, the Gopher. <laughs> I'm a Gopher. I was not good enough to be an athlete, but I attended mm -hmm. the U of M and to do it on the road. Right. So Yeah, that can, was a big we, thing. <laughs> but I will say this, there is one place I do like to visit near the Wisconsin campus and that is State Street Brats. Yes. Mm -hmm. The first time I went there, I was coming back from the Lynx second title. We drove all the way back from Atlanta to Minnesota and we made a stop. Mm -hmm. to watch some football and we hung out at the Wisconsin campus and uh, that was the first place I went to where I felt they did brats justice. <laughs> yeah, they're known for brats. So. Brats and cheese. Oh yes, yep. brats, cheese, beer, cheese, but you stayed yeah. away from the beer, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> As a player. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked about your favorite moments is because I think that season after you interned with Swish Appeal and covered the links, I know mm -hmm. you had to go back to school before the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure you were following it. You got to see Maya Moore's buzzer beater that lives in history in game oh, yeah. three of the finals. Yeah. <laughs> and then later that season, it wasn't a finals game, but you got a taste of a buzzer beater win. I think it was some December game. It was, it was a non-conference play, but I remember getting a release because I still get all the Big Ten releases. Mm -hmm. And they were hyping up your buzzer beater shot. Oh, that was, that was my sophomore year. Yes. Yeah. It, this was at our Thanksgiving tournament in San yep. Diego. Yep. So, mm -hmm. you know, that season after you saw the Lynx win mm -hmm. their third title, you hit a buzzer beater shot. Yeah. Does that stand out as like a moment, one of your top moments as a player? Um, yeah, I would say because I've never, I don't think I've ever hit a buzzer beater shot ever since then. So that was great. That was my first time. And I thought Oh wow, this is what it feels like. It's cool <laughs> to win the game too. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> but yeah, and yeah, that was great. Mm -hmm. And just looking back at your basketball history, what was your favorite moment and what was your most embarrassing moment as a player? Mm -hmm. Like overall? Yeah. Okay, of course, my favorite moment would be winning state. That was just a great accomplishment. Like everything around that, it was just great. Um, hmm. My most embarrassing moment. You're making me go back. I'm trying to think. That's what the show's about. I don't know. I just probably have, I remember times where I've missed wide open layups or tripped <laughs> going up for a layup or ball hit off my leg, like wide open. Um, but I don't really have like a, a specific time. Does that make sense? But. That's fine. I just, I yeah. asked because it's one of those things when it happens, you probably feel real mm -hmm. silly, but over time you just kind of laugh because that's part of the game and you understand right. that if you make an error pass or miss a layup, right. everyone else has done the same thing. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. This was at Michigan State. I shot the ball and it got stuck 
Oh, oh, you had a wedgie? And this was at Michigan State. And you know they so, always have fans, like a oh, lot yeah. amount of fans. And this was like, I want to say my sophomore year or freshman year. So your first year. Yeah, like, I think it was my freshman year. And I was like, because at the time I really wasn't playing that much. I probably averaged like 10 minutes a game. And I got in, my first shot got it was stuck a in the ramp. <laughs> yeah, so everyone was like, ah, like laughing. I'm like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that would well, be it. And I understand it. It's a more common situation in the women's game because the ball is an inch smaller oh, than the yeah. men's. Mm-hmm. It's not like it happens all the time. Right, but, but it, it, I've seen it happen. And yeah. you're not going to make every shot. I mean, right. you understand shot trajectory and you've mm-hmm. got a good form. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we know that because <laughs> otherwise you wouldn't have gone to Wisconsin. But, you know, even in the pros, they have a wedgie. Mm-hmm. On that note, too, I'm trying to remember when they made the changes to the women's game going from halves to quarters. Did that take place when you played? From what? Sorry. When they changed the rules in the women's game to go from halves to quarters. Oh, halves to quarters. Um, and, and then just adopted rules to mimic the, the WNBA. FIBA, right, the FIBA, FIBA rules. Because um, I'm trying to remember. I think that, that happened was, when you were playing as yeah, a Yeah, my right. sophomore year. I think that happened. Yeah, because I know my junior year we changed to Under Armour. Because there was like so much changing happening. Oh, I suppose so, with, the, with apparel deals. Yeah, but. my sophomore year we went changed to quarters, and then the year after we went to Under Armour. Yeah, that was a hard time, but. You're not an Under Armour person? Uh, I, I love Nike. We were Adidas, and then we were Under Armour. So you were three-stripe like, life, then Under Armour, right. and are, are your overseas teams, are they Nike teams? Or? Um, no, they're or do usually they have sponsored other? by other, like local banks okay. and stuff like that, but you can wear it literally whatever. Okay, so really you went like, back to the Nikes? Yeah. That must have been a relief after mm-hmm. having to. <laughs> but I do like the Currys. I do like his shoes. I'm not gonna okay. lie about that. But how? I guess how is your shoe game? Um, <laughs> I mean, I worked at finish line over the summer, so I was able to get good. Oh, deals, you're able so, to cop some pairs. Yeah. Okay. I like these. These are comfortable. <laughs> Nike React Presto. How many pairs do you own? Over 30. Over 30, okay. Mm-hmm. I know. That's not that much. There's people that no, are worse than me. because I think, well, no, Tia Albert, she's <laughs> Probably, yeah, a but big, she but is she's involved with shoes. Right, and she that's like, kind of part of her yeah. business like brand. She wanted to get into that. But right. uh, I know some folks that are obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, and actually, my first guest, Alexis Gray Lawson, told me what you see in the high school game now. I don't know if you had the same approach. Mm-hmm. Players will not wear their shoes unless it's in a game. I guess players of the older generations, they wear them around, but oh, you, know, yeah. you see more often now, high schoolers, I don't know if college players did this, mm-hmm. they'll wear their basketball shoes on the floor and they won't wear them anywhere else. They don't yeah. want to scuff them, they don't want to get them ruined. Yeah. How was, how was your approach to that? Yeah, I only wore my basketball shoes on the basketball court. I didn't, I wouldn't wear like them like around, like a casual Were you shoe. afraid of giving yourself away? like? Giving away your secret identity? Oh, no. Like I just, a Peter Parker? <laughs> I just thought it was weird. Like, I sweat in these shoes. I'm not going to wear them. I was sweating. <laughs> you know? Like, that I makes know. sense. It's like, yeah, yeah. I could understand that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And you said when you started out at Wisconsin, you mm-hmm. didn't get a lot of minutes, but your last two years, you did lead the team in scoring. So I have to imagine mm-hmm. that was a highlight for you. And mm-hmm. was there a similar evolution process like Park Center? Because, you know, you left at that school's all-time leading score. And mm-hmm. uh, you didn't break that record at Wisconsin, but you did score over 1,000 points. And yeah. you led the team for two years. Mm-hmm. And that's not an accomplishment to brush aside. Right. Um, I think 
it was kind of similar to Park Center in some ways, just having to adjust, you know, playing with older girls and stuff like that. Um, in college, everyone that you basically play against was like the lead, the best player on their high school team or AAU, vice versa. So like, that was kind of a, a huge deal for me, like just as far as the confidence aspect, like, cause there was times like I felt like I wasn't as good. Like if I wasn't playing as much, I would let that get to me, you know? And then I kind of was like, I had to kind of, you know, like go outside of just practice and have be able to shoot and work on dribbling and stuff like that things that would get me to play you know so I kind of did that my after like going into my junior and senior year and then those results started kind of started to show a little bit so yeah and how did you handle the change in rules where you went from halves to quarters mm -hmm. uh, you could advance the ball in a timeout mm -hmm. and how did, long did it take for yeah. everyone to adapt to it? I know it was kind of hard to remember that that the things had, the rules had changed when it first happened for us, just as far as the timeouts and stuff of being able to advance, and we'd be like, wait, we just had the ball down here, and now we got it over there. Like, you know, it was a huge adjustment, but I think that made the game more fast-paced and more competitive because there's you can do things similar to the, the league, you know, right. where you're trying to go, so it was like, that and, was fun. And with the WNBA and all the overseas leagues, I, right. I was glad that they changed the procedures to be, create a better alignment because right. when you play internationally, whether it's the junior tournaments or the Olympics, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you're playing, it, it's so much, under more yeah. uniform rules now. Right. And mm -hmm. I think it just speaks to the level of influence the NBA and WNBA have uh, had on, on all world, aspects of the right. game. Mm -hmm college, yeah. pro, and even in high school. Exactly, yeah. Because they play quarters in high school or no, do they? Minnesota, they still play halves. Oh, they still play halves. Uh, we're still waiting for a shot teams. clock. Oh, okay, that's what it is. There's some state, Wisconsin actually is going to add a shot clock this next season. Oh, yeah, wow. And <laughs> there are some tournaments that will try it out at places that have shot clocks installed. Mm -hmm. How big of an adjustment was that for you, going from high school where you could hang on to the ball as long as you liked, mm -hmm. and let, so as long as you didn't have a five second call to you know, college and now overseas mm -hmm. where the shot clock. you have yeah. a shot clock. How oh, did that teach you? I still struggle with that sometimes. Like even overseas, I'm like, it's like 10 seconds left and people are counting down. I'm like, wait, what's going on? And then I'm like, oh gosh, I gotta shoot, <laughs> you know? But I mean, you start to learn, you start to adjust with stuff like that. So it's not that hard to you know adapt to. And, of course, you graduated from Wisconsin. What was your degree mm -hmm. in? Communications. Communications. Mm -hmm. And right away, you took the overseas path. So right. when you graduated from Wisconsin, what kind of offers or opportunities did you have? And what led you to try out being a professional overseas? Mm -hmm. Well, I always knew I wanted to play at the next level after college. So, um, so that was kind of where my mind was set on. I wasn't really worried about getting a job a real job you know like, not i'm saying like hey, a job outside for, of that you're getting paid for your right, right but I'm so saying it is like, a job yeah it's a job you love doing but yes don't right. don't sell yourself short that right. is a real job <laughs> i know but i'm saying you're like getting paid to play a kid's game yeah i would love that <laughs> okay but i take that back but i'm saying like something in, involved with uh my what mm -hmm. i uh, majored in so i decided that i wanted to try overseas 
and I liked it, so I'm going to keep playing as um, probably for a couple more years or so. Um, I know I did an internship with WNBA Insider once I graduated. That's right. Over the summer, I did that. So that I was, was bummed, nice. but I didn't see your articles this, this past oh, season. Yeah. It seemed uh, like you were really coming yeah. in your own after being in the shadows right. with Swish Appeal. Right. So I decided to just, you know, kind of focus on just working out and training. So... Is that something you see yourself? Would you like to be a reporter or a broadcaster? Um, I'm still debating on what I really want to do. Um, I know I kind of want to get involved with like teaching or coaching too. So I have a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not a race. Mm -hmm. What was the biggest adjustment to going overseas? We hear about it all the time from the WNBA players who mm -hmm. go overseas to supplement their incomes. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, you're the one of few, if not the only American on a team. Right. How did you adjust to, you know, life in Turkey and and then Sweden mm -hmm. this past season? Um, I would say that just the biggest adjustment is just kind of learning how to be alone. If that makes sense, like you're all the way across oceans, away from your family, your friends. Um, life as you know it basically and then you go into like a different you're basically going into a different world almost because it's like a culture shock because I was in Turkey like they I'm talking about I had players on my team that didn't know English at all like hello was probably it and, and I imagine um, it was the same for you trying to exactly grasp, right uh, Turkish or uh, Swedish right um, but Sweden, though, they have to learn English at some point. Okay, so, that's, so there, it was, a little easier for communication. But in Turkey, right. I have to imagine it's just mm -hmm. as awkward for like, you. I had a translator, right? So mm -hmm. that was kind of difficult, being able, having to talk to coaches through one of my teammates that was learning English at the time. So like, and then like you go home and you have all this time. Like you probably spend about four to five hours, like having obligations which is practice or lifting then the rest of the day is you're basically by yourself like you can adventure out but it's like I don't know like anything about where I am really you know but um I met some Americans over there um that were on like the the first division team like Kalea Copper Rebecca Gardner so Copper she, she plays for Rutgers. Chicago yep she went to Rutgers she plays yep. for Sky yep so I met them and they kind of like they've been in my shoes like their first years so they're kind of veterans so they're like they took me under their wing like we went places stuff like that hung out so and then when I wasn't with them I was kind of by myself so it's like you just have to learn how to be able to be alone you know so that would be the hardest adjustment how hard was that for you at first to deal with that mm -hmm. level of separation um it was hard I was on FaceTime a lot I know my phone bill was a lot <laughs> my mom so was like this you're, is you're, ridiculous how but, much of your contract uh was spent on your phone bill um well they don't really pay for that but yeah <laughs> but yeah so I did spend a lot of times on the phone or just watching Netflix but if you like I'm telling you if you really love basketball you you have to really love it to go that far that's what I would say mm-hmm and you spoke about getting to play against some familiar faces in Sweden. Mm -hmm. I think you got to play against Chase Coley yeah. one more time. I played against her, oh my gosh, every level of my life. That's right, high school, college, <laughs> From, and pro. Right, right, AAU, uh, high school, college, yeah, pro. So 
it was fun. We killed her team, so that was fun. How <laughs> surreal was it? Because I know Chase went overseas, and there's so mm -hmm. many overseas leagues that maybe you don't expect to face off against somebody you know. So mm -hmm. when you found when you, out that you're going to go, face, right. if you found out that you're going to go against Chase again, how surreal mm -hmm. was that? It was so surreal. It was so much fun. Like um, I suppose, I think, well, it was for you. You beat her team, right? <laughs> but even before then, um, she came like when I first got there to come like say hi to me and stuff like that. I think her dad gave me some stuff for her, so too, so she was able to grab that because she was only like an hour from me. So we hung out a few times before her team ended up leaving because their season was over with. So it was great to be able to have a familiar face there. So. And I know you teased about it, but for you, it may not be a WNBA title, but mm -hmm. how exciting was it to be part of an extended playoff run in your mm -hmm. first season as a professional? Because I know you were looking at some stuff and then you were telling me, I'm mm -hmm. still here, we keep right. winning. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a good problem to have, and I have to imagine it was cool for you to make a deep run and get the silver medal out of it. Yeah, um, it felt like like a WNBA playoff or NBA. Like, we did, like, the best of three, then we did the best of five, and the best of five. So that was pretty cool. Like, I'm talking about there's times we just would fly there, play, fly back, the next day not practice and then play a game like it was that was different to me but I enjoyed that too because it was like it it just felt like that playoff type of aspect so or league type of aspect so um that was fun and I had a great time and I was so happy to be able to continue to play and experience that because not a lot of people get to you know get, make it to the championship like we could have won the whole thing you know but even getting second was a lot even for the program I was playing for because um, they no one thought that our league our team would have made it that far because we were playing against Euro Cup teams so like so and you beating were the, Euro you were Cup the Cinderella team, team yeah definitely so it, was it like would have been great. all over again you took a team exactly that no one expected to go far and... exactly yeah I still think that we could have won it but you know just that was a lot of wear and tear too on your body just playing all, right. all those games well mm -hmm. how of those series, did you play like the max or how many games did you have to um, play? We all? played the max our first playoff game, um, our first playoff team, I mean, and then we played, we ended up winning three straight against the second round and then the third round. We won the first game and lost the second three or two. <laughs> I always get confused. It would be three. The you next win three. three games, right? That we lost the, the next, next three. Third, so. Yeah. So you held your own. Right. Well, at least you didn't we get We gave swept. them a good run because that team, swept. like, they were, like, killing people the whole entire season, like, by, like, 30 points almost. And, like, we beat them one time. So, hey, <laughs> so I'm no like. No one else could claim that, right? right? At least it wasn't 3-0. Like, and and you beat them one time. Right. 3-1. Right. <laughs> and one, but. So they had to earn it. Um, right. What were some of your favorite places to visit in Turkey and Sweden? Um, Turkey, I think Istanbul was, like, one of my favorite places to go to because that's where, like, the the sea was i think the mediterranean or whatever sea is over there or the black we need to pull sea. up a map I but I was and then like <laughs> it was almost like a a new york the atmosphere like it was so busy there um a lot going on so a lot of the people were i was able to link up with um one of my friends from college he played basketball nigel hayes i was able to meet up with him um so that was nice and then i ended up becoming close with another girl that we have the same agent and she was in Turkey so I would meet her there because she was in Istanbul so that was one of my favorite places to go to 
And then in Sweden, um, we were in Gothenburg, so that was one of the bigger cities. Just going actually into the city was nice. Like it was very Americanized there, so it wasn't like a complete shock or anything. But. And what led you to this new league? Because you're leaving us once again in a right. few days to start mm -hmm. the next part of your career in Germany. Right. How does that work? Because I know that happens a lot. You know, WNBA players are usually able to hang around with one organization, but mm -hmm. those on the cusp, they move around. So yeah. what led you to Germany and what are you excited about the opportunity to visit mm -hmm. yeah. another new country? Um, I think uh, just like their league is one of the best leagues overseas. So that would be nice. I'm playing for a coach who coached their Super League team. So um, that would be a great thing to have somebody with that type of, you know, experience and having that. So that would be nice. Um, just my agent put in a lot of work for me. So she's a very nice person. Her name's Stephanie. I like her a lot. Um, so she Thank helped you, me Stephanie. a lot. Right. <laughs> she helped me a lot with that. Um, I think, yeah, a lot of, as you said, a lot of players do jump from league mm -hmm. to league. Um, I think like you have to really kind of like prove yourself a lot especially your first few years to be able to stay in the same place every time you know when you go back like there that's how you see a lot of veterans that's like been in like Israel for like 10 years <laughs> stuff like that because they've been building up that their resume so um but yeah I think it'll be a great experience um one of my former teammates Marsha will be there Marsha Howard she played at Wisconsin um I know one of my friends she played volleyball at Wisconsin she's going to play volleyball in Germany so uh, it would be great I'm like what are the odds a many Wisconsin many people reunion, I know right so will be all, exactly so when it comes time for that next battle of the axe you mm -hmm. three can get together and exactly and have some fun yeah, yeah. right how long do you see yourself as a player, how long do you want mm -hmm. to keep this professional route going? I would say until my body cannot go anymore. <laughs> but hey, I'm starting to feel that, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, I would say just, I think until I just know, you know when you stop really loving mm -hmm. something. So once I really feel that way, that will be the time I'll stop. Cause then it's like, then you, that's when you stop giving in the effort you should give in. So, yeah. And you touched on this earlier about potential career paths. What would mm -hmm. be your dream assignments or your dream opportunity after you decide to call mm -hmm. it a career on the basketball court? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that if I don't get my teaching license, I really do want to be like an elementary school teacher and then maybe coach like a local high school team or something. But if not, I would love to go into like the field of like being a director of um, media operations or something like that where you're like involved in like the social media of a team, like you're assigned to a team and you get to run all that that counts and help conduct the interviews after games and come up with stories and stuff like that. That would be fun. But, yeah. That's quite the divergent set of uh, paths, mm -hmm. teaching <laughs> and media. I mean, they're still involved with basketball or oh, that's being true. able to help people learn. You know, Who, who so. knows? Maybe oh, you could be tapped as a Park Center head coach. Exactly. <laughs> that would be great. Is but, it, so that's something you would consider? Um, yeah, but I kind of want to get out of Minnesota. So <laughs> I want to go somewhere warm. I'm tired of this cold weather. <laughs> I've had it all my life. And you're going to say probably 
I know in Turkey, I think the weather's nice, but Sweden, you probably had to deal with it. Uh, both. It snowed in Turkey. Okay. Like a lot. In Sweden, it was cold. And what they consider warm was cold. So <laughs> I'm like, this isn't warm. <laughs> no wonder why but, you're switching to Germany. Yeah. yeah, I would love to like move like to the south or west coast area. Well, Tia might have a hookup for you in Dallas. I know right. she's down there now. Yeah. Maybe she can get, find you a place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of Tia and all the folks you've had a chance, who was your favorite player or players, plural, mm -hmm. to go alongside with that you played with? And who was your favorite mm -hmm. player or players to go against? Mm -hmm. um, I think, well, I played against most of them in high school. I don't think, I didn't get to play against Maddie Lee, but she went to Maranatha. Um, but I played against Maddie, I remember, yeah. I remember she her. She was on the team a few years back, though, before um, Chase came, I think. Um, but I would say the ones I played against, really, they're all great competitors. We've always brought it to each other when we played because, you know, it's like the someone you know. So it's like you always play harder, I feel like, when you know the person. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't say I have a specific person, but... They're all like my sisters and they're all great competitors. So. Especially when you had to go up against some of them mm -hmm. in North Tartan. And I was wondering you know, if you, there was someone you didn't play with too. So it's like, it could mm -hmm. be anybody if there was a player you had to face. Right. Um, uh, that really, you were just like, man, she's good. Mm -hmm. I want to beat her. Uh, I think maybe it would have to be either Chase or Kanisha because I played against them the most. So it was like That's every right. time either we would exchange amount of wins or either Chase would always beat me and then I finally got to beat her or vice versa. So like them two would probably be the two I would say that were the hardest or most challenging players to play against because I've always played against them. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to think of all the players from Minnesota you had to go up against that right. you either played with, against in high school or heard about because mm -hmm. it's a big community. Mm -hmm. Of course, that North Tartan team, yeah. Kanisha, Tia, and Chase having to face them. Right. You know, once or twice a season. I think Nia Holly, you had to go against her a couple of times? Um, in college. Oh, yeah, at Michigan State. I mean, because yeah. you were in separate classes, but I, you know, right. I think that you, know, you, you two knew of each other, and then yeah. you had to go up against her mm -hmm. at Michigan State. And yeah. Then, so I played against a lot of people from Minnesota, yeah. And then, and then as we said earlier, Suzanne Gilreath, Courtney Fredrickson, you got to mm -hmm. play alongside them. So right. you got to, I guess, shepherd part of that. Mm -hmm. next generation of folks and yeah so how cool what does that say about the state of the sport in minnesota where mm -hmm. so many folks like yourself are able to go mm -hmm. division one right and continue the game and we've even seen a few turn pro with taylor hill rachel bannum right kanisha bell got to play with the Lynx for a little while mm -hmm. it's a huge step forward compared to where the sport was you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago. Right. I think that a lot of people overlook the state of Minnesota, especially when it comes to, like, basketball. I think, like, if you go, like, down south or, like, I know, like, some of our AAU tournaments, like, in, like, South Carolina or Florida, and you say, like, you're from Minnesota, like, what? Minnesota? And then it's, like, then we got get to play, and they're like, oh, wow, like, they can ball up there, you oh, know? Yeah. So, like, and not just from, like, the women's aspect, the men's aspect. Tyus you look Jones, at Right. Trey Tyus, Jones. You look at all of them. So it's like, I think Cole Aldridge can go back a few years. Exactly, you can go back like Royce White, all of them. Yeah, like, play, like players. We've had some great players come out of Minnesota. So it's like it's 
it's great Jaylen to see Suggs people. now. Right, yeah, and Paige Becker and all of them. So it's like, it's nice to see these, like, people continuing to put Minnesota on the map. So it's like, you can't really say much, like, about us not having great players, you know? So I think that that's a great thing for us to be able to do that. And how gratifying is it for you to be a part of that movement? Maybe mm -hmm. you didn't get the first round draft pick. Maybe you're right. not mm -hmm. remembered as much as Waylon or Bantam, but... Right. You got to establish a legacy at Park Center. People mm -hmm. you know, will forever remember what you did for that program. Mm -hmm. You got to play at Wisconsin. You got your college paid for it, exactly. <laughs> basically. Mm -hmm. How gratifying is it, though, to be a part of that movement where you, know, mm -hmm. you can say, I was part of this troop that helps put Minnesota basketball on the map? Yeah, I think it's a huge thing to be able to say that you were able you know, to accomplish those things because it's like you have all these people that look kind of look up to you and look at you as like a role model and you being able to like continue to progress and continue to push forward and not give up on things because when things get tough, of course, your first thing to do is like, oh, I want to quit. Like when I when we weren't winning at Parkinson, I wanted to transfer, but I didn't. When we finally won, I ended up going to college. I didn't play a lot as much as I wanted to. I wanted to transfer, quit basketball. Then you just you keep you once you keep like showing that you can get through adversity. A lot of people look up to that. And then that's kind of how a lot of accomplish, you start to get those accolades and like people start to respect you a lot more. Um, so I would say like, I think that's been a huge thing. And I love that I could be remembered by that. Like, I remember one day I was at the gas station. <laughs> it was funny the way this lady said it, but she was like, aren't you that light-skinned girl that plays basketball? Oh, I'm like, what? yeah, but I'm just like, I didn't play for Puck Center for like almost six years now. Like, and it's it's so nice to have people still kind of remember you as that, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. of course, the lights getting whatever part was like, yeah, okay. like that. It, that well, just to that's know, a whole like, other just story. being, I was like, about what a mile away from my house, and people like still kind of remember mm -hmm. you for that, you know, like that just speaks volumes to like what pushing through and through adversity can do for you. So. Well, so did I, because there were maybe there was maybe a moment or two where I would mm -hmm. want to say Kayla McBuckets because that's what you did. <laughs> yeah. That whole light skin thing. I mean, we could, <laughs> that would be a whole nother show you and I could get into about that. Right. But I understood and the intent. Mm -hmm. And speak about that. You know, like you said, you got recognized. How did you handle maybe that celebrity status at Park Center mm -hmm. and at Wisconsin, where you mm -hmm. have? You know, all of these kids, whether it's mm -hmm. you know, your younger classmates at Park Center or all of the fans who would show up to Cole Center at Wisconsin, mm -hmm. and you know, no matter what the record was, there was always somebody, I imagine, no, who was looking not. up to you. Right. Um, I know, like, you kind of mentioned what Blake Griffin brought up about, like, having to do interviews after a game or something <laughs> and stuff like that, but it's like, God puts you in that position for a reason. Like, he wants you to be able to shine a light on others and, like, people that... Like, I remember one time, I think my sophomore or freshman year, like, having players that are fans that considered me to be their favorite player. And I'm like, I don't even play that much. Like, you know, and it's just like, that doesn't matter. Like, people admire you for being in the position that you're in, just to show them that you could be a woman playing basketball and going to college and getting a degree. So it's mm -hmm. like... And go pro. Exactly, and then go pro. So it's like, I can't ever like be mad or never have a smile on my face when I see that, no matter what the outcome of the game was. So I think it's a great thing. You know, you know the mantra, bet on women, and mm -hmm. I'm certainly not going to stop doing that. <laughs> and then right. you, 
sounds like teaching is your first choice for a career, and I guess mm -hmm. how would your role model status evolve over that? Mm -hmm. Because if, especially if you go into elementary education, right. you know, none of the kids you would see would remember what you did as a player, but right. once again, going back to shepherding that next generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that would, that's just a great way for you to continue to teach and kind of show people like being a great influence on others. Like that's just another way to be, for me to be able to do that aside from basketball. So I love that part of like, showing others and leading by example and helping other people out. So I think that would be a great thing. Um, I know younger kids can kind of be hard to deal with, but I think they're very impressionable at that age. So it's like you kind of can show them like, you know, this is not okay or this is okay or show them like, hey, look what women can do and like you can be whatever you want to be, you know? Like they're still at that age where they think the world, the sky is the limit. So. I think that's kind of why I want to teach elementary school. And with your history of perseverance, as you talked about, I think you even said around seventh grade you were mm -hmm. having second thoughts about playing. You stayed with it mm -hmm. and got all these opportunities. I'm sure you'd be able to relay that, whether it's right. teaching, coaching, whatever you do, to those younger kids that might go through a similar hurdle in their life. Definitely, yeah. Just tell them to keep striving. You're going to have obstacles in life. That's just life, but yeah, I think I could definitely be one to show them and help them and tell them about my experiences and how I was able to persevere. So. Now, before you take off for Germany, what team are you going to be playing for for any fans out there who want to see you in action? Like right now? Or the team you're going, when you go off to Germany, what team will you be <laughs> repping? Or are you still working on that? Yeah. Can we just not answer that oh, question? Because oh, right. I forgot the name of the team. You forgot the name of the team. <laughs> Well, you can find Kayla McMorris somewhere in Germany. We might have to play where in the world is Carmen Sandiego to find her, but rest assured, she will be out there in Germany. I'm sure once you get there, you'll know the team name. And yeah. it's not like they roll off the tongue like the Minnesota Lynx or mm -hmm. the LA Sparks. They have like four names in once when you go overseas. Oh, wow. So it's so hard. Why would, why would they? Why would I don't they, know. Do they like watching the rest us Americans suffer? But some of it is like <laughs> their their native language, so it's right, like, right, right. It's probably a German name, so right. but it's probably just one name to us, you know. So I had it. It's on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. And I was going to say, just quickly yeah. too. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Candace Parker being your favorite player, and I know you probably grew up watching a lot of Minnesota. So was mm -hmm. there any awkwardness in 2016 when your favorite player got a title at the expense of the Lynx? Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, or did you just roll? Like, did you just cheer on? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a Lynx fan, like as a team and organization. So, like, I wouldn't. I'm just a Candace Parker fan. I, I could care less about the Sparks. So that but, was maybe yeah. your dream. Maybe that was two years where your dream right. matchup, your favorite right. player and your favorite team, you couldn't lose. Exactly. Those that was probably the best series of playoffs I've ever seen like them two Both going back at it those those are good games like and I was happy to be able to, to say I can I was able to watch it or a lot right. to be able to see it you know it's like Jordan back in the 90s or something oh yeah so. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to watch it and then of course you got to experience it right and you know, the be there exactly and um, who knows right. maybe you'll you'll come back as a writer yeah because uh, WNBA insider is still around and mm -hmm. I know high post tubes all of these outlets are growing the athletic mm -hmm. has expanded their footprint so Maybe there is some room. In fact, I even know a couple of teachers who also yeah. do some writing and reporting on the side. So maybe mm -hmm. there is a way to weave them all together. Yeah. But I agree with you. I'm not sure anything. Mm -hmm. I'm sure something will. 
because yeah. every time you get a new season, something new comes up. But it's going to be hard to top that two-year finals history between the Lynx and the and Sparks. The Sparks yeah. And just those epic photo finishes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember both Game 5s in 2017. That was quite the storybook ending in a way. Waylon gets a title at the building where she's a household name. Mm-hmm. Williams Arena's packed and... Right. You just... you. You couldn't, if you wrote that script in the movie, people would scoff. It's exactly. just one of those things. It's but, like, uh, yeah. Well, Kayla, thanks for taking the time to enlighten us on what you've been up to since your playing days. And we certainly wish the best of luck as you head off to Germany and continue mm-hmm. your work as a pro. Thank you. Appreciate you having me here. That's Kayla McMorris. And again, you'll see her in Germany. And wherever she ends up, I'm sure. Fans in Minnesota and beyond will keep tabs on you. Uh, certainly a great story, and we're glad uh, you got to share, share it with us. Thank you. So that's Caleb McMorris, and that wraps it up for this episode of Miked Up Sports. For our entire crew, I'm Mike Beaton. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to support TSB television programming, check us out on Patreon, PayPal, or Cash App. And thanks for watching Miked Up Sports.